I'm losing my mind Is everybody in the world blind? Please Lord give me a sign, a sign Wanna be the greatest Everybody on the face shit I look around and feel like everybody is the fakest I make this Every day and I'm impatient Hoping one day I blow up from the basements Happy Thursday everyone My name is Mark This is my co-host Mo from OTB Clubhouse What's going on everyone You can find me on my YouTube channel Halfbreed Observer Mo, where can they find you? Uh, OTB Clubhouse on Instagram, OTB Shark Mo on uh, Twitter, and now I also have a TikTok. So I got oh, that there you go. Well. Talk about your TikTok. I didn't even know, dude. This is a, like I did not even realize that this dude had a TikTok and he's been posting consistently. How many videos do you have on TikTok so far? Honestly, in the last ten days, I've posted about fifty clips. So it's about averaging five. That's dedication, man. That's dedication. Are you doing it all yourself or you hire a team? No, I, I've tried hiring marketing teams. Um, it's not the same. Uh, they try marketing the scammy stuff. I don't want to do that. So wow. uh, what I mean by that is this is how I made $10,000 in five seconds. And I'll, I'll teach you how to do that in an hour. Like that's the shit that I absolutely hate. Uh, mine, my stuff's mostly education. Um, I had a video yesterday that I like, it's called a stitch. So we're going to talk about it today, but quickly I'll tell you in a minute, someone, someone really famous, this person has like half a million followers on Instagram and they were posting HR related stuff. So they posted that an, a person should ask for a raise every single year and the raise should be a minimum 10 to 15%. And to, that's a good way to double your salary in two years. So I replied back to her saying, if you do that, there's a chance that you won't have a job after a year because my background is HR and I hired for one of the biggest telecoms in Canada for five years. So I know like that's not how it works. Imagine going to your employer, you going and asking for a 15% raise. So every year, I mean, do you want me to be honest? I, I did. That. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, and but I, and I got year. it. Um, but no, but every year, no, no, no. And when I actually requested, I was like, I won't ask for another one for the next 24 months. Yeah. So that's how I hit it. Um, that's interesting, though. I do know a lot of people have a hard time asking for raises. And since you brought it up, so what would be a good way for someone to ask for a raise? So I could tell you how in the background we look at raises. Um, we look at your key performance indicators. So your KPIs, what are they called? You need to be first meeting expectations or exceeding expectation to ask for a raise. If you're below expectation, they're performance managing you out. If you're meeting or exceeding you need to go with that stuff. And if you've done any extra work, you need to take it there. Because if you're going to ask Mark for 10%, you need to show a company what you've done for the company beyond what they've given you. And then you can also talk about what the market standard is. There's there's a website called Glassdoor. Mm -hmm. You can pull up based on your job title. So that's the information you need. With, and it depends on the industry you're in. You're in a very big niche. Like people in intelligence aren't easy to find. There isn't a course that you can do to get that kind of experience that you have. So you are kind of like recession proof, layoff proof, because you have a very unique set of skill. If I'm a sales manager, um, a tech, or somewhere where there's a lot of layoffs happening, happening, imagine <laughs> they put you on the layoff list after you go, because they will basically you lose credibility going to your employer and being like 10 to 15% every single year. The standard's three to 5%. Every year. I understand um, people are saying, well, inflation is at this point. It doesn't matter. The companies don't care. Right? Yeah. So 
I mean, that makes sense because if you do keep asking every single year, eventually you're going to be like, yo, let's just fire this guy and hire someone else and start fresh. This guy's asking yeah. for way too much. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, we're about to get here in this stock talk real quick, but I just wanted to mention something. I don't know if you guys have been following the whole Trump charges. Have you been following that? I just want to touch on that real quick, then we can get off of this subject. I just want to inform some people. Some I honestly stay away from politics, but then you got me hooked, so I started watching more and more clips, and honestly, I know why I stay away from it because it gives me a lot of anxiety and it pisses me off because... I'm like, this is common sense when they're arguing in debates and people just swallow the false lies and allegation and no one really does critical thinking. So I know I don't I know about the charges, but that's all of all I know. I'm glad you said that, because, yeah, I'm, you're finally seeing like what's going on in America. Right. You see why it's such a divisive country is because of I feel like the news, they everything is so hypersensitive these days and like you said it's just like you either you're this side or or the other side there's no in between it's really crazy i don't take it that serious i mean i have my opinions and stuff like that but i don't allow it to like ruin my day like i know a lot of people are like heavily into politics and i swear to god they're always unhappy but about an hour ago i think is when this news came in and i saw it and i was like oh my god it was like so former trump aide peter navarro is found guilty of two counts. I was surprised how quickly this went. Are you familiar with RICO charges? No, no, I'm not. Okay. Um, in case the audience isn't familiar either, I did a whole video on it. The minute I saw Trump getting hit with the RICO charges, I was like, ooh. Because like a lot of these charges have been getting over and over and over. I've been telling people, it's like, this is it's, this is nothing. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. There's barely any evidence there. Like, good luck trying to charge him for that. But the minute I saw that they were getting him on RICO charges, I was like, ooh, he may actually go down for this. And I know that Trump supporters are like, no, he won't. It's a RICO charge. The reason why the RICO charges, I'm, I know they have a specific reason why they say they created the RICO charges, but the reality of the reason why they created the RICO charges was to take down the mobsters, the mob, as well as thugs, like gang members, blood, crips, like the drug dealers. It's an easy way. It's such a blanketed statement. It's really hard to beat a RICO charge. And then you're able to attach additional um, crimes to that charge. But most importantly, they arrest almost anyone, any of your associates. And the goal is to start at the bottom and get them to slowly snitch on each other to get the big dog. The big dog is Donald Trump. That's who they're going for. So they, they're trying to set like a precedence of like, this is the, you guys are going to get charged. So Peter Navarro got charged within what, 48 hours. They literally put the, the jury together within 48 hours for one. That, that to me was shocking because I was like, how are you going to find an unbiased jury here in America? There's no way. People either love Trump or they hate Trump. That is it. I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, it's whatever. I just, most people are like, you love him or you hate him. That's it. And it's hard to find a jury that's going to be unbiased. So I was shocked. So within 40 hours, they have a jury and they already couldn't convicted um, Navarro. I think he finds out what his sentence is on January or so, but he's looking at about two years in prison. And I think it's kind of showing that the other people who are next in line to get charged or get or they already arrested, but get like, you know, have their trial. I think it's kind of showing, hey, you guys are going to get max punishment if you don't play along with us and you need to give us information on Trump, whether it's real or not. I think I think he's going to this one's going to be hard for him to get off, to be honest. It's crazy with the Rico charges. So we'll see what happens. But I just came in. So he's been charged. All right. You have anything you want to add to that? No, no. All right, let's get into it. Stock talk, stock talk, stock talk. All right, I'm going to start off with dividend. Let me pull up my little slideshow that I created for y'all. Don't laugh at me. It's not the most impressive slide chart. Okay, so um, let's put this together. Let me share. All right, 
a lot of you guys know I have been really, really transparent with saying that I have other multiple portfolios that I don't share with the public. I have multiple Roths and retirement plans, 401ks, etc. I also have a dividend portfolio. I've said this before. If you want to get into investing, this is my personal opinion, just get the S&P 500 QQ, invest into it every single month and get some ETFs if you're interested in In my primary Roth, that's pretty much it. 80% of my money is invested in ETFs, S&P 500, and QQQ. Everything else is just icing on the cake, if you want to say that. I did start a dividend portfolio close to a year ago. Um, the tech started to take control again. I started noticing that a lot of these dividend stocks are starting to get sell off. So a lot of stuff right now is close to the 52-week low. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring up dividend investing. And I know it's not sexy. I know a lot of people aren't interested in dividend investing anymore. Because for you to survive off of the dividends, you have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into the market to really have a sustainable living off of the dividends. I think that's why like Wall Street Trapper, he initially started off as like a dividend investor and he kind of got away from that a little bit. Because I think it's just it's it's boring. And once you kind of give the game and you play, this is what you do, X, Y and Z. That's pretty much it. Where do you go from there? So it's hard to kind of keep, I guess, a huge community are following on dividend investing. However, there are some good YouTubers out there that do like weekly live sessions. And um, that's all they do is dividend investing. Anyways, I started an account with Fidelity. And I really think that Fidelity is great because you can do fractional shares. So my spare money is where I kind of throw some change here and there when me and my wife have extra cash or just like, hey, we got $20 sitting around. I would you know, throw it into my dividend portfolio and just slowly building it up. And I'm going to share my list of what I have here. I want you guys to do your own due diligence. It is up to you whether or not I piqued your interest, but there are some stuff I want to talk about right before the red flags when it comes to dividend investing, because a lot of people get attracted to the high dividend yields. There are so many stocks that look enticing because they have some crazy, crazy dividend one of them, for example, let me share this screen as well, which was highly popular. And you've traded this one too, Mo, quite a bit. Um, it's Zim. Yeah, we talked about this, like 96% yield rate or something. Yeah, let me let me share that screen real quick so you guys can see. Um, yeah, Zim. You see where Zim is at now, right? Is at $11.35. The high was, the 52-week high was $34.14. Now they were giving out $4.24 on average for um for zim 149 percent. clearly this is a dividend trap i would i did not i remember when you mentioned i was like i would never invest into this and anyways their q2 was bad they pulled the dividend and you see where it's at now it's at 11 dollars. so in the past six months if you had invested into zim you would have been down 47 percent, regardless if you had dividend or not because again the dividend is not offsetting the 47 percent that you drop and i i noticed a lot of people are like well i have these stocks in there they're not performing very well they're selling off but i get a dividend so they just hold on to it but still you're going to be upside down because you are losing money as the asset is depreciating clearly at 149 percent that is just to entice people to come in i think it was a great trade but no one of the ways that you can um let me remove this one again uh, let me take this down there is also the option of going to seeking alpha which i do like and i'll pull up another chart uh, do you see it? Yeah. Okay. So on Seeking Alpha, if you want to see like the, the history, the dividend history and to see if it's stable or not, um, you simply can go on Seeking Alpha. They're going to want you to pay. You can also do this for free on Thinkorswim or E-Trade. But if you go down to the dividend portion, go down to dividend history, you scroll down, and you can see how it's been performing throughout the years. As long as there's an upward trajectory, it's relatively still healthy. I like Target. It is one of one of the ones in my portfolio, clearly they've been, I think they're close to a 52-week low as well um, at this point because of the whole controversy 
with the LGBTQ as well as people coming in the store and stealing and just not being as profitable as they as they were expecting. So they've been um, selling off as well. So let me go back to my slide here that I want to share. So be careful with the high dividend yields. Be very, very careful. And then stagnant or declining earnings. Now, I just pulled up the target to kind of show you that it is increasing. There are levels of stagnation, like a couple of years where it's kind of just tapers off. But as long as it continues overall to move upwards, you should be relatively safe with a company. The payout ratio. So a lot of times, a high payout ratio is anywhere between 80 to 90%. And that can be a red flag because it suggests that a company is dis distributing most of its earnings to shareholders, leaving a little room for reinvestment into the business and debt, and et cetera. So also look at those three things. To me, those are the three biggest red flags when it comes to dividend investing, especially the high dividend yield. I don't know how many people I've seen is like, this dividend pays 60%. That's insane. That is insane across the board. Most companies is like 2%, 3%. So it's um, be careful. All right, I'm gonna share my portfolio now. All right, I did hide some stuff here because just for privacy purposes, but this is my portfolio and the stocks that I have here. So you have an idea. Let me zoom in a little bit. So um, the SPACs, I think that was just a mistake, but uh, Archer and Daniels got that. American Express just started adding that not too long ago. IIPR. Intel, I know, I finally bought Intel. I'm actually up on Intel. I bought in the 30s when it actually collapsed, the low 30s. 3M, that's another one that I was keeping an eye on. They had a massive lawsuit. It was a risk that I took. I started buying once it breached below $100. So I started buying in the 90s. So I'm up on that right now. Monster is my newest ad. Microsoft, Paramount, Pepsi, Procter & Gamble, Target, and Tyson. On the right, you see the allocation of how much I have invested in my portfolio overall, the overall, like what is invested in what percentage wise. As you can see, Microsoft is my biggest holding in this portfolio with, um, was it uh, IIPR? Yep, IIPR is number second, which is a REIT. It's the marijuana REIT. It hasn't been performing very well at all, going to be honest. Um, but I still like, I still think long-term it may be beneficial, but I'm keeping an eye on this one. Uh, and then Target, I just recently started adding. So I'm 11% in that. And I'm just kind of holding off on some of these other ones. And if you want to know what I'm eyeing right now, moving for in the future, in the next year or so, I made a list of stuff that I'm planning on doing in my portfolio. Archer, Archer Daniels, um, ADM, I'm going to continue to add on that one. 3M, I'm going to start adding again. Tyson's, I'm going to start adding because Tyson's has been getting its ass beat. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's got a lot of trouble right now, but overall it's... It's cheap. So Apple, if it hit, if Apple goes under 165, I will start a position in Apple. Target, I'm adding right now. I started buying in the 130s. Dollar General, if it hits under 100, I may add uh, Coca-Cola. This is not the the Coca-Cola. This, this is not the K. It was a KO. This is not the soda. This is the um, distribution company of the cans and et cetera. So if it goes under $500, which I doubt it will, it's at like $650 a share right now. But if it goes under 500, I will start buying. And then um, Louis Vuitton, if it goes under 110, I will buy that. I dropped the ball on that one. I said that a long time ago. And I didn't when it got close to, I think it was like 114 or something like that. And I still didn't purchase. That was close enough. I should have started at least scaling in. And then Ferrari. Ferrari, I had an opportunity to buy it under $200. And I, again, did not pull the trigger. But this time, if Ferrari, for some reason, goes under $200 again, I will buy it. I like Ferrari. I like their company. I like their margins. I think it's a very good company overall. I'm just saying. So keep an eye on those. Put those on your list. Take a look. Do your due diligence. Let me know what you think. Um, just don't get caught with that, the trap of the high yield. 
that is pretty much all I really have when it comes to dividend investing. There you guys know that's my portfolio. I probably would never, ever share this again. This was it, the one time only. As you know, like I said, I put spare cash in there. It's in my Fidelity account. Recommend people do that if you're interested, if you have spare cash. It's a good way to kind of just build a small little portfolio, your own little ETF with dividend portfolios. Just remember, don't buy at the all-time high because, again, things will sell off. Like we saw with Apple, right, Mo? You saw Apple? It was a, what it had a terrible two days. It was at 189, about to breach 190. And then what happened? It sold off like almost fifteen dollars. Didn't it drop down to one seventy three this today this morning? Yeah, I think before <clears throat> it bounced up. And clearly, there was some news, right? The China, I think, had to do with it. Correct? Yeah. Let me cover that. So I wanted to talk about two things because a lot of people are wondering what's going on. So I had a perfect thesis coming in this week. Monday was amazing, but China pretty much took the entire market down. Now I'll give you my research on China about total iPhone sales for China. 25% of, sorry, 25% of total sales come from China for Apple iPhones. So Apple's taking a big hit. Initially on day one, the news that came out was they are going to uh, ban for Chinese officials, which makes sense. I don't think uh, based on someone's research I was reading, a lot of officials do not use uh, iPhone. But today the news came saying they want to ban iPhone completely in China. This is massive, like 25% of their total sales is from China. Now, I think this is a bluff, bluff and I think there's more to it because if China does that, two things will happen, right? One thing is close to, I believe, um, 5 million people, that's what the stat I saw, work for Apple uh, in mm -hmm. China. Imagine them getting laid off. Now imagine America basically saying, you did this, let us kind of ban TikTok or something like that mm. so basically what we saw was all the money from china not all of it but china started selling off and amazon meta and google they started rallying today it's because they're taking the money out and parking it somewhere safe remember big institutions they make money not by parking in cash but by actually investing so they need to keep moving around money my thoughts are we need to find out what's exactly happening Right now, it's like we're seven days into September. I got into two swing position. One was AMD, got stopped out. There was another one got stopped out. So I'm like, I need to figure out what's going on. I need more information. I'm not shorting China. I'm not shorting Apple. Um, there was, however, a $14.5 million short that opened today for 2024 for Apple. September 2024 for $14.5 which is a massive position because it's down from 190 to like 174 175 where it closed at so adding up new position here it, red flag big red flags we're getting into september seasonality here usually mid september after opec sometime is when we start seeing the drop i would love for us to get to 4500 one more time last week or oh, two weeks ago i gave you the play on shorting spy arc or whatever for september 15th i did the same with you guys uh those positions i closed all my puts today at 80 percent just because i think the selling's very controlled and one of the ways you can know or you can get an idea of that we might not see the sell-off that we're expecting just yet because it's so controlled um buyers might step back in tomorrow and they need to take 4,400 out, which they were unsuccessful today. And then we jumped about eight back up. But yeah, go ahead, Mark. Any comments you have about that? No, like what you said about the Apple. So you think the Apple will still continue to sell off somewhat? I don't know, man. I don't know why China would do that because 
they're trying to boost their economy. So there's two things that they've done. I only know this because I've been doing so much TikTok video. All <laughs> I do is research. So there's two things that China did. One thing is they told their banks to uh, stop selling off stocks, Chinese stock, and start buying them. Second, what they did was they went, uh, basically Beijing picked, I believe, 15 cities, and they said, we're going to lower down your interest rate and basically for builders to start building real estate, and they're going to start providing them subsidy. This is the stuff you look for when you're trying to boost the economy. While they're doing that, why would they start banning iPhones? So there's something that not adding up here because this is going to impact layoffs because if they stop selling iPhone, there's Apple centers, there are Apple employees, they're, they're getting laid off and then America is going to do something. So this is the opposite of what they are doing and saying. So it doesn't add up yet. Yeah, but isn't Apple moving to India? Yes, but they're not going to stop like they don't want to um, get their employees laid off. Do you know what I mean? Apple is moving, but they have centers all over the world. They have employees all over the world. So if China goes, we're not selling iPhone, they're probably going to not sell any Apple product then. Yeah, but do you think that maybe that's because they're moving and they're trying to, you know, relocate out of China because of the tension that they that America has with China? Do you think maybe they kind of take that as an offense? And because because Apple's been in China for years and they've been making their products for years, and it's just like, oh, so you guys are going to just bounce and leave, leaving a lot of our employees unemployed at this point and potentially hurting our economy a little bit. The funny thing is though that you mentioned, you said that China is responsible for twenty five percent of iPhone sales. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. That's really interesting because my experience when I traveled the world and stuff, iPhone is only popular here in the United States. Everyone else has pretty much Samsung or Nokia's or some other phones. I was having that conversation with my friend and everyone uses WhatsApp in the world except America, it seems like. That's why when you and I chat, sometimes it gets it takes forever for me to respond because I have my WhatsApp on silent. Um, I have to actively check it. But that seems to be like WhatsApp seems to be the major messenger that everyone uses and everyone in other countries seem to have a different phone besides apple apple seems to only be really popular here in the united states well i don't know man canada like i don't know if i've seen an android here ever in the last five oh, years really? okay you go to india you're correct there's a lot of androids in india because it's cheaper but there's the upper class upper middle class they're all with iphones um, China, I don't really know, but 25% is a big number. And I'm guessing it's because of the population there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man, that, that, that's pretty much it. Okay. So someone said recession proof what our economy? No. Um, so me and Mark, Mark Monroe, we were live one day and I'm like, I think at some point we need to get away from um, just talking about what stocks to buy and like financial literacy, but actually talk about just recession proofing yourself because i don't want to say that we're there's a recession coming but what i'm saying is we need to be prepared if there is one uh because i don't think most people are prepared like there there is a hustle culture there is like you know people trying to stay safe in their jobs and like but i don't think most people understand or have been through a recession um, if we get one. So I wanted to talk about it. Now, I'm not no recession expert or I'm not a financial advisor, but I, I got basic common sense. And Mark knows this. When when I started collecting cash, and this is about a year and a half ago, I called and texted most of my friends and family, including Mark. And I said, I think there is a recession. I don't know if you remember this. I said, I think there is a recession coming and this is what I'm doing to stay liquid. And every time me and Mark have talked about investment, 
I've always said I want to stay liquid because I don't see how this goes away. And if it goes away smoothly and stocks go all time high, high housing goes all time high, I'm co- completely okay with it. I'm not mad, but that's something that's always worrying me. Um, I don't know if there's a hard landing coming, but what I do know is feds haven't done a good job and institutions are only looking out for themselves and that's all they care about. And there's something called a lag effect, right? A lag effect is basically where decisions are made, but the consequences are delayed, which is what you're going to see a lot on social media and on news. And that's what I'm worried about. Um, I think a lot of people didn't get really impacted by the interest rate because they were on fixed mortgages. All of those people are going to start getting impacted, especially commercial lenders come next year. Um, Grant Cardone came live, I think, six months ago, and he was talking about one of the biggest uh, things that he's scared about is commercial refinancing. And most people aren't going to get approved for it. Uh, But yeah, so my my three ways of basically um, proofing yourself from recession is the step one is take stock of your financial priorities. And what I really mean by that is I've broken it down into five things. First thing is how much cash do I have on hand? And cash isn't like real cash. I mean, like how much money do you have liquid, right? Stocks could be part of it. As long as you understand that you're, if you're holding high growth might be worth 10 K and if a recession comes might be worth five, I don't know, but it's stuff that's closest to cash. How much of that do you have? Um, the third thing that I look at is how much debt do I currently have? So credit cards, student loan, mortgages, there's stuff that you can avoid. There's stuff that you can't, everyone has those debts, which is fine. Like I'm not saying all debt's bad. If anything, I think debt, as long as it's producing income for you, it's actually really good. Most billionaire millionaires, they all have debt. Um, then I'd recommend people looking at what are their basic monthly living expenses. This could include food, health insurance, transportation, childcare, whatever extra expense you have. I think when we, me and Mark were live, one of the things that I said, and I think people with kids agreed, like if you have kids, you have a whole different list of things that you have to take into account, which single people or couples don't have to worry about. So your guys's list gets bigger. And I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm trying to get you to be ready. There's no advantage that I have talking about this. There's no sales pitch. There's not like trying to scare you coming. You just need to stay ready. Um, the last part of this is take an account. Do you have any major expense coming? Um, that's a big one. A lot of people have an emergency fund, but they don't have everything incorporated. So let's say your roof needs to be replaced. Like, um, just to shock you, a normal roof in Vancouver, Canada is anywhere from 15 to 20 K. So that could be someone's six months or four months salary. So make sure you guys have all that in account. Mark, do you have anything that you'd like to add into this? No. Okay. So this is something that we've talked about. There's no number for it. I think the number is based on what you're comfortable with. And the number is your emergency fund. Like usually it's six months, but if you have kids, the number goes higher, uh, common sense, right? Because that's what it is. 
um, if you're currently breaking even, meaning you're making exactly what you're um, spend, uh, you're making exactly what you're spending. That's not really good. And I know most people are in that boat. I used to be in that boat too. Maybe you want to look at cutting down expenses. A lot of people think you need to make more, but a lot of times when you make more, your expenses just go up. It's more of a mindset thing. And then the last one, this is basically what Warren Buffett said. And the question that he was asked was, um, how do you, how would you tell people to get prepared for recession? And he said, learn an income generating skill. And I think a lot of people are telling people to go to their jobs and just ask for raises every year. And if you don't get a raise, quit your job. I understand we're not in that phase where people used to work 15, 20 years in one company, but imagine switching companies every one year, every two years and asking for a raise. I don't think that's the right way um, to go about. I think there's a million other ways and doing a side hustle probably will be my top choice. And look, I'm not against driving an Uber or doing like Uber Eats. My thing is try to find something where you don't have to replace your hours because you still want downtime. I'm not big on uh, just work 15 hours because it, it's not for the 90%, right? They want to have a balance. There's no point burning out. Uh, it could be like, I'll basically use an example of Mark. Mark's very good at editing. So him uh, posting a profile on Upstart or Fiverr and then outsourcing it once he starts getting busy with that stuff, that's one of the ideas. If you guys are thinking I'm going to throw in options trading here, I'm not because that's biased. It took me a while to get to this level. There's other ways you can do it. There's a lot of easy ways you can do it. So that's sort of the three things I'd say that I would do. I've been doing it for a year to be completely transparent. And I've made phone calls to all my friends, all my family members and said, this is what I'm doing. It's up to you if you want to do it or not. Uh, but yeah, Mark, anything you want to add or talk about? Yeah, yeah. I wanna, I'm sorry. I, I was laughing in the background because it's like <laughs> every next slide, your, your, your text is so small, man. I don't think anybody could read it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is a big white screen with just like little small text. It's it hilarious. I'm like, I hope, hopefully he knows that this is super small. Um, now, I, everything you said was good information. And uh, so to be also full transparent, everything you said is is factual. And I am concerned a little bit about the environment and recession, hence the reason why I'm also going back to school. So I'm trying to get another skill set, which I encourage a lot of people to do. You know, we talked about this. Actually, no, I don't think we ever talked about this here. I, you said I'm not adding options to this because you're biased, right? But here's also a thing. We talked about this before. Get side hustles and make yourself more marketable in the job market, correct? Because things can happen. But if you have a strong resume, it's a good chance that if you do get laid off, you can get picked up by another company quicker. I give an example. One of my homies, I'm not going to name him, give his name, but you know who he is, Mo. He worked for USAA. USAA had a massive layoff recently and he got laid off. But he immediately found another job that actually paid him $30,000 more because he had a set skill and he was very marketable. So having that skill is extremely important. And I'm, and I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but there's a lot of um, certificates that you can get from respectable colleges that cost around $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 that will help you get a better job or increase your pay at work versus you paying someone $5,000 for an option course or something, learn how to trade stocks. You can't put that in a resume. I know a lot of people say, you know, you pay for college and you pay for information in college. So why wouldn't you pay for this information that you can utilize right away? Well, we're in a different market right now. Not everyone's getting free money anymore. And you can't put, hey, I took option one-on-one course by, I don't know, 
Atkins trader or something in your resume is not going to help you get a job. But if you put, hey, I went through a cybersecurity course at Harvard, I got a certificate out of it, that will help. That will pique people's interest and it will make you a lot more marketable. So think about where you're putting your hard-earned money long-term. Um, and there's a lot of programs with respectable colleges that have certificates, especially in IT. A lot of times it's not about the degree. It's more about the certificates that you have, Security Plus, um, CSPI. I think that's one of them, CSSPI or SCS. I'm still learning this whole process with the cyber stuff. So there's a lot of certificates there that can help you to be more marketable where it can add an additional 20K, 30K onto, on top of your current salary. So, that's so all I let, me, let me tell you something. And this is like my background of a... I'll say it again. I have a degree in HR and I spent like, I'd say about 12 years just working with people in HR. There's only two ways you get promoted. One is by experience or the second one is networking. Networking is who you know, not what you know. And this is, it's not something that people don't know about. So most people, the reason why they don't get promoted or they get laid off is because they only have one skill. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain you. So I've I've seen people go through layoff. I've gone through seven or eight layoffs in the last company that I worked for. You're a sales guy. Then you get promoted as sales support, then sales supervisor, then sales manager. They're going to lay you off most likely much faster than someone who has uh, admin, then scheduling, then uh, product management because you are diverse. They could hire they can move you in different position. But if you only have one skill, that's the problem. I'll disagree with you on the certificate part. A lot of these certificates are useless because most of these people, they want to hire people with experience. And so when you come with experience, that's good. But if they need someone right away, they're not going to take you. Um, when we used to hire, and I've on an average year, we used to hire about 500 people. So I've gone through multiple interviews like, 50 interviews sometimes in a week and we used to do group interviews when it used to get too much and we would literally go through masters from a big university diploma this and that we were just looking for experience that's it that's all it didn't matter so depend on what field you're in you have a very niche field that's different the reason why i didn't include options trading is not because i think it's bad it's shit and like you're gonna get fraud it is mostly because most of what we talk about is trading so that's the most obvious one and then the second reason is we've gone over people that shouldn't be trading like mm -hmm. i'll give you this is off topic so i had someone message me and they said what's the roi if i if i get sign up with you right so if i invest because that's how you think right when you apply for your course cybersecurity, you're like okay i'm gonna put in 5k i could potentially get about 20k out of it correct like that's how you're thinking right in a year so your roi is one year two whatever but with trading sometimes the roi is negative because we've talked about it you talked about it you made money then you lost it all so it's you you have a you need a different sort of mindset and i think most people that i work with aren't in that situation but most people that i don't work with are in a situation of chaos where they're constantly looking at how much other people are making in trading. They're constantly looking at how many trades they're missing. I def personally don't like to kind of work with people that are in chaos, if that makes any sense. This is like a whole different topic that me and you can cover later. <laughs> but I think like I'm starting to see there's certain people that aren't fit for either investing or trading because the mindset isn't right yet. And no matter what they do, Mark, even if they do, um, a diploma in something, if they don't have the right networking, they're not getting anywhere. I had a degree in HR and for four years, 
I was doing nothing relating to HR because they'd ask for experience. And I'm like, I'm applying so I can get the experience. It's like a loop. And so if you're, if we just talk about the job market and like accessing like high paying job, networking, volunteering to get that network or experience, that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but I was very specific when I said about the certificates like IT, because in IT, you actually do need certificates in certain fields, right? You can't, like I couldn't have, I'll give you a perfect example, I could have a bachelor's in IT, but if I don't have like security plus, the job requires this person to have security plus. This person requires to have certain certificates. So sometimes like I know a guy literally and I'm is married to my wife's cousin. The dude works for Cox Communication. He makes 200 some thousand dollars, has no associates, no bachelors, no masters. And I was having a conversation with him. I was like, yo, how did you what how did you get to make this much money? He's like, certificates. He's like, I first started off with a basic certificate, which got me in the door to be IT help. It's like you need that just to get it on, under the floor. So then once you get in there, you have experience and then you move up by getting other certificates, which then will put you uh, one step higher than other people with the experience. And you go from there. I feel like IT certs are probably the best certs to get to get yourself an entry level job in IT with exponential growth as you continue in that field. You'll get an entry level job. But if you're trying to get the high paying job, what I'm saying is certifications don't matter. You need the network. You need to know network is definitely key. And then you need to have the experience. If you can't get the experience, then you need to get through volunteering and go to different events. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of this is dependent on who you're following. Cause someone, I was reading a book and they said humans can't do anything they haven't heard or seen before. If that makes any sense. Like, most people can't get to where they want to because they haven't seen anyone get it, get there. Once they do see someone get there, like you have someone you're talking to and they're like talking about this is what they did. Once you see it, it's so much easier to do it because you believe it, you manifest it. But once you haven't seen it, a lot of people are like a lot of my experience comes from HR and immigration and just talking to different people in different fields. But I think I'm going off topic, but I think we're on the right path. I just did a poll for the very first time, I think. Let me see. Did, did a poll show up? Did it? No. I was trying to. Oh, so much for that. Hold on, let me try again. Start a poll. Let viewers weigh in. I did. Um, I don't see it. Ah, man, I don't know how this works. It's my first time. I thought I did a, a poll. I, I did a poll. It was like, do you think certificates are worth it? Yes or no? Want to see what the audience thought, but I'm not sure. Do you guys see a poll at all? So I'm not seeing it here on this chat. Let me go check on YouTube. Hold on. Because I know we always want to do the poll so we can interact with the audience a little bit more, but you know. We just got access, so I'm curious. Um, but yeah, no good, good conversation. Let me see. Did it show up in the chat? Oh, it, it did. did come up. Let me oh, go check. Okay, so far. Yeah, it is. All right, let's give it like ten more seconds, and then let's see what the what the results are here. Because I would love to see what people think. Because uh, yeah, this is interesting. Other than that, man, yeah, I uh, I think this was a good conversation. I think you provided some some serious stuff, information there as well. So it looks like 80, let's end the poll and show what the results are. Everyone should have voted at this point so we can end the show. All right, 80. Where is it at? Why is it not showing on our end? You have to actually go on YouTube. I see it. it. 88% people said yes. And, and 11% said what? No. Yeah. So um, – I agree with this person a lot. They they say certificates depend on the no, not this one. I use a certificate to validate my experience. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, where's the is that one? It was different. Why can't I, I try to put it there? It depends on the field. There we go. All right, so people have an idea. Cool. 
Yeah, man. You got uh, you got anything else? No. Uh, we I want to talk about Friday Lotus because I'm going to continue that. It'll take me five minutes to go over a chart. That's why I got on the double screens today. You got it. Cool. Let's pull that chart up real quick for you. That's... Okay, give me one sec. Yep, there's a chart. Also small writing. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, perfect. So I'm looking for this um, trade for tomorrow, and it's Amazon. I'm go I'll go over two trades. So we took this trade. I gave this idea, and it was Amazon 138. They went from 25 to 80 today. And basically, if you guys look at this, every single time it's gone on the 50 moving average on the daily chart, it always bounces off. We're sitting at, we closed at 137.94. And even though the market was selling off, I'll put that five minute chart for you guys. If you guys look at Amazon, it opened up and just went right. So, what I'm Ooh. looking for is some sort of pullback here. And I'm looking at 139 or 138 calls for tomorrow. I'm looking, and this is if the market rallies. If not, then again, I'm not going to touch it. There's a demand zone at 137.28. As long as that holds, I'm looking for calls on Amazon. So these are like, we call them lotto trades. I don't really take a lotto trade. So if you guys are like, okay, we look for something safer, you can add an extra week. I think, in my opinion, the most pain right now in the market is if we get a rip because a lot of people are expecting the market to go down and so they have puts. Uh, but the market, the way it was selling today, it was very controlled. I think we're bottoming out here. The number that you want to keep an eye on on SPX is 4444. If we stay above that, 4475 is where I would go bullish because that's a 50 moving average. Above that, we can rip through. The other trade that I was looking for was coin. And again, same thing. It has a lot of strength here. Um, this is where I think we can get to. It's at 81.87. I think we can get to 86 um, dollars. So I'm looking at 85 calls for it. Again, um, 80 needs to hold. Um, but this is the demand. If you guys want to look at um, 81 dollars, as long 81 dollar holds, I'm looking at coin. Uh, apart from that, the CLS trade, if anyone's in it, um, the contracts are in the money. You should be up anywhere from 80 to 100%. If you're holding, I took my profits at 10% on that trade. I'm looking at a trade. I'm building it up. Maybe I give it out next week, but I'm watching NVAX, NVAX, and I really, really like that trade. It's got a 50% short interest, and COVID is constantly playing on news. If there's any signs that this thing is back, which I think it will be, I'm not trying to scare people. This thing can go 20, like it can double from here. But yeah, I like my COVID. And anytime I talk about COVID, it really does give people anxiety. Yeah, like, you, you piss people off every time you say COVID. Just like when I talk about politics or something. And you, rightfully so, because there's trauma with it. And I get it. And I, I just bring it up from trading uh, aspect. I don't really care about the political aspect of anything if anything i like to stay away from politics because people aren't uh i don't want to say people aren't ready but i don't think uh us as a society we're ready to have that conversation yet hasn't there been a lot of money flowing back into these vaccine companies yes sir um nvax um stocks mostly zoom um like zoom seeing a lot of money coming in piton saw money in it um but i think it's going to take time um 
PFE has been selling off. That was my other position where I got stopped out of. It was AMD, first PFE, then AMD. And it's telling me the market's picking the path with most resistance. There's two people. There's one that believe we're going to get all-time high, and there's one that think we're going to crash. Pain is if neither happen and we just go range and slowly grind up or slowly grind down. So that's kind of where I'm in. I'm in the middle for now. I think the pain comes next year around summer. Mm. I try to not to even pay attention to COVID stuff. It just gives like, I, I don't want to go down that path again with the arguments with everyone and all that. So it's like you said, it's a pretty sensitive topic, but anytime there is any mention of a new variant, I have noticed that these COVID stocks have been getting a little, little pump before we go though. Someone asked when we were talking about China, if we believe that Tesla will get banned from China. I don't think so. Like, if you want to kill Tesla sales, there's other ways to do it where you're not directly doing it, but you do it indirectly. Uh, I don't think China is going to openly do all this personally. I don't, it's going against them boosting their own economy. So I think they could do other things to kick them out. Yeah, I, I still stand by my thesis when it comes to China and Tesla. I don't think that was a very smart move, I, but I'm, I keep getting conflicting articles and information when it comes to Tesla in China. Uh, recently, the quarter with the last quarter that they had, I think they said they had amazing sales. But then what was it? Here you go. I have it right here. Let me pull it up. This is uh, back in August. It says that uh, the Tesla EV sales in China fell more than 30 percent in July shortly after. And then it says um, the next article like Tesla increased China made EV wholesale sales because, you know, they've been dropping prices left and right. So there's I don't really understand because I know in their earnings, they don't really separate by region who buys what. But there's also rumors that China accounts for roughly 40 percent of Tesla sales. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It seems to be a lot of conflicting information when it comes to China. I just think overall, just knowing China, that it was a bad move for Elon to go over there. And if anybody wants to talk about, oh, Elon is like this, you know, human rights guy and you know, save the environment and stuff. That's just a sales pitch. I think it's marketing. To me, Elon is the the greatest and most influential um, influencer today on social media. Is my opinion when it comes to that. Bigger than Kim Kardashian. So, all right, that's it, guys. Anything else? No, no. I think we're gonna be back with some trades next week. Market gets a lot easier mid September all the way till January. So it's gonna be money making season, in my opinion. Uh, August was a tough month for swings, but. As we get closer to mid-September, things will be a lot easier to trade. There you go. All right, Mo. Again, tell people where they can find you. Um, Man, I have three places now. So OTB Clubhouse. <laughs> but where do you want most people to go find you at? Like, where I, you I think people should follow me on Instagram first because that's where I like do updates for trades that we call out here. So Instagram, OTB Clubhouse, just keep it simple. Yep. And you guys can find me on my YouTube channel, Half Breed Observer, as well as Uncultured Currency. Most of you guys know me from Uncultured Currency. Half Breed Observer is my new channel. It's doing pretty well, to be honest. I'm really having fun over there. And uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Dope Content Creator. No underscore, no slashes, nothing like that. I, I'm, I think eventually I'm going to get rid of um, Instagram, though, to be honest, at this point. Too many spam accounts keep getting, like, keep getting, not, what's it called, um, spoofed or whatever. Or they keep creating these fake accounts constantly on me and other people I know. And it's just, it's frustrating. And I don't want to pay for the verification. And apparently I have a lot of bots that follow me. So I don't know. I, I'm, I might just get rid of it permanently soon. So. We'll see. Until next time, y'all. Peace out. That's 100.